Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there, beautiful soul. Thank you for returning to your therapy tools. Today's short segment will be on self-defense mechanisms. So grab your notebook and your pen and let's get started. Self-defense mechanisms are used for saving face. You guessed it. So it's a way of a, for us to um, protect our ego and to protect our, um, our view of our ideal self, which doesn't always match our real self. So self-defense mechanisms come into play. Um, The first one that I would like to talk about is compensation. Think about the man who's going through a midlife crisis and he goes and buys a gorgeous Porsche. He's compensating for something that he lacks, right? Or maybe you might say, oh, he has that sports car because he's not well endowed. (laughs) Um, Possibly. Uh, This also comes across in other ways. You might think you're an idiot deep down inside, that you're just not as intelligent as others. So you go crazy at the gym and you work out and you work out and you make sure that you're stronger and more buff and more physically fit than everybody else because that makes up for the shortcoming of being an idiot in your own mind by compensating for it in another area. Um, The reasoning behind this is that having a good self-concept about being physically fit, you can then ignore, cover, or even argue the point that you have a negative self-concept. So that's compensation. Do you ever find yourself engaging in compensation? If so, write it down compensation, and then write the ways that you might use this self-defense mechanism. Number two is denial. We've all heard that cliche phrase that uh, denial is not a river in Egypt. Ha ha, but I'm bumped. <laughs> so denial is, it's obvious what it is. It's the subconscious or conscious process of blinding yourself to your own negative shit. Um, You don't want to deal with it. You don't want to face it. It's like closing your eyes to your own negative self-concepts about people, places, and things that you find too severe to admit or deal with. Um, A family member might pretend that their father is only sick or having a hard time when it's evident to everybody else that the person's an abusive asshole alcoholic but they're in denial because they love their dad so they they can't bring themselves to use the words abusive alcoholic um can you think of a time that you you were in denial about something i know this 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 example is um spot on for me because i was i was um raised by an alcoholic and 
when she died, I could not bring myself to say the word alcoholic in regard to her. It just broke my heart. I just couldn't. Um, today I can because it's been quite a few years, but yeah. So, uh, the negative self-concept for each family member comes from identifying with the father because he's part of the family. The father cannot be viewed as a negative image or everyone else in the family too will be considered to be that negative image in this person's head, right? And that was me too, trying to keep the family together after mom and dad died and I couldn't admit their faults. They became glorious saints in my brain and I was in total denial. Um, Can you think of a time that you were in denial about something? If so, write it down. Okay, number three is called displacement. And this is when you express feelings to a substitute target. You had a bad day at work. Your boss was on your ass all day. You don't say a word to your boss, but you come home and you kick the dog. Or you come home and you yell at your wife because she forgot to take out the garbage, but she did clean the entire house. So displacement is not healthy. And... Um, it's a way for you to save face in in the in the moment with the person who actually pissed you off. The feelings expressed to the substitute target are based on your negative self-concept about the real target and yourself in relation to the real target. So crooked anger or dumping on another, those are examples of displacement. You let out your anger and frustration about the negative self-concepts you are feeling about someone else and yourself in relation to them on a safer target. So this is a displacement in um, the list of self-defense mechanisms. This is a very cowardly form of self-defense. The safer target can be someone below you in rank or position, someone dependent on you for financial support, or someone under your power and control. Alternate targets are targets that cannot object or fight back because you're a big coward and you can't face the actual person who upset you and you can't face yourself in the relation to the person who upset you. Father comes home from work angry at his boss, so he verbally abuses his wife and children. Displacement. This process is often seen in uh, bureaucracies. Abuse and blame are passed down the ladder. Do you ever find yourself um, engaging in this self-defense mechanism? Displacement. If so, write it down. Number four is identification. Identification as a self-defense mechanism is the identification of yourself with causes, groups, social grandstanding, leaders, movie stars, organizations, religions, politics, whatever you perceive as being a good self-concept or good self-image, the identification self-defense mechanism is a way for you to think of yourself as good. So an example could be that you might identify with a crusade to help hungry children, 
So you can incorporate that into your ego, some of the good self-images associated with that crusade, right? Worldwide sports prey upon this defense mechanism to make money. Countries also prey upon this defense mechanism to make war by using identification with government to enlist cannon fodder, a.k.a. soldiers. Identification is also used by the narcissistic abuser, um, the passive-aggressive narcissist, the covert narcissist. Um, They take on this identity almost that, that they feel matches their real self or their ideal self, but it doesn't quite match their real self. So if you've ever found yourself engaging in identification, jot it down now. It's okay if you have. It doesn't make you a monster. Don't judge yourself. Remember non-judgment. Number five, introjection. This is the acceptance of standards of others to avoid being rated as negative. For example, you may uncritically accept the standards of your government or your religion so that you can be accepted. Introjection can be considered an extreme case of conformity because introjection involves conforming your beliefs as well as your day-to-day behaviors. So-called education systems prey upon this self-defense mechanism to produce parrots to spread their dogma as if they were factual and superior. So think about somebody who joins a cult. Now this is an extreme example, but uh, the Manson family, right? Charles Manson was a charismatic, evil piece of shit. And um, he, he got a whole bunch of people to come down to the ranch and, and become part of his family. And they left all of their beliefs and everything at the door and they conformed to what he told them to be so that they could appear to be good in his eyes. Um, We do this at work. We may have a, a, a boss who is a complete bully who believes differently than us in terms of politics. And even though you shouldn't discuss sex, religion, or politics at work, <laughs> he might come in and start talking politics. And you might agree with him even though in your real life you don't agree with him. But you might agree with him while you're at the office just to save face so he'll think that you're a good guy or a good good woman with a good head on your shoulders. Um, and then you might go home and say your boss is an idiot. So think of a time when you kind of lied. This introjection is lying. You're lying, you're presenting a false persona in order to fit in with somebody else's beliefs so that you will look good in their eyes. So have you ever engaged in introjection? Number six is projection. Projection. I'm sure some of you know what this is already. Projection is you're attributing to others your own negative self-concepts. So projection happens when you want to avoid facing negative self-concepts about your own behaviors or intentions. And you do this by, by pointing them out in others. So you're taking the spotlight off yourself 
and you're placing it on somebody else when you should actually be in the mirror looking into your own eyes and saying, you did this. For example, you might be mad at your spouse and you are subconsciously damning your spouse to hell, but you instead think or claim You're mad at me, and you're probably damning me to hell in your head, aren't you? You wish I was dead, don't you? And your spouse is looking at you like, what the hell? (laughs) Alternatively, you may believe that you're inferior, so you attack other races, ethnicities, or belief systems claiming they are inferior. So you might feel like your opinion doesn't matter, and you're invisible in this world and then you'll see somebody confidently stating what they believe in what they think about something and in your head you'll be staring at them thinking I don't give a crap what you think because that's how you feel about yourself so have you ever projected your own negative attributes onto other people can you think of a time you've done that if so jot it down And rationalization is number seven. Rationalization. It's the process of explaining why this time you do not have to be judged as negative self-concepts because your behaviors or intentions weren't, weren't pointing in that direction. So you justify and you excuse all your bullshit and your mistakes with stupid reasons that are circumstantial at best and unfounded at worst. This is like just being incredibly defensive, long-winded, and super, super annoying about it. It's sometimes referred to as sour grapes. For example, you rationalize, you do not want something that you did not get because, oh, it was stupid anyway. Rationalization can also take the opposite tack or what is sometimes referred to as the sweet lemon response. Sweet lemon. Fun to say. (laughs) In this case, you will justify, for example, a mistake in purchasing by extolling some of the insignificant good points of the product. People commonly excuse their, their bad behavior and their bullshit as being due to, oh, the circumstances weren't, weren't good for this, but then they hold other people accountable. So they're blaming, right? the stupid thoughts come into this they're blaming for their poor behavior as being due to their poor character oh i can't help it i'm bipolar oh i can't i can't help it i'm depressed oh i can't help it <laughs> um you know you knew who i was when you met me you knew i loved to drink two bottles of jack every day and pass out on the couch you knew i wasn't romantic when you met me why are you coming at me with this Valentine's Day shit. Um, Yeah, rationalization. There's a whole lot of defensive, long-winded explanations that are basically bullshit for why you're being a jerk. So write that down if you've ever engaged in that. As human beings, we all have at one time or another. And actually, that can be exhausting. So if that's one of your key self-defense mechanisms, we need to work on that. Number eight is called reaction formation. Reaction formation 
is the process of developing conscious, positive self-concepts to cover and hide some more bullshit negative self-concepts. So you're making up for negative stuff by showing off the reverse. For example, you might hate your parents, but instead of showing that, you go out of your way to show how much care, how much you care and, and how you're so concerned for them so that you can be judged to be a super loving child. Or you might, you might not care for the Hispanic people and their traditions. It might, when you hear their music blasting, it might annoy you. But instead of admitting that because it's not socially acceptable, you would go as far as to blast it in your own backyard and be extra super nice to every Hispanic person you meet and even um, learn to speak Spanish so that you can engage in, you would just go out of your way to like make sure nobody knew you really didn't care for them. Um, And in in the dating scene, um, somebody who didn't care for cats would hold your cat, pet your cat, tell you how much they love cats and how they've always had cats their whole life. Um, So reaction formation is you're, you're lying to everybody and yourself and you're trying to do it so that you don't look bad in other people's eyes. That little prison of fearing what other people think. Number nine is regression. And that means you're basically returning to a younger age in your life when you weren't so threatened with becoming all of your own negative thoughts about yourself. You return to thoughts, feelings, and behaviors of a much earlier stage of development to identify yourself the way you did back then. You may be being criticized as an adult and feeling bad about it, so to escape this, you act like a little child because you did not then deal with criticism as defining you as negative because others mostly thought you were cute and stuff as a kid. So some people do this uh, by acting super childish. Um, Some people do this by going all out and wearing cartoon character pajamas, teddy bears all over their bed, sucking their thumb. There are a lot of ways that people will go into regression. It's not healthy and it's a way of hiding and avoiding your your problems. So if you engage in regression, jot it down. Number 10 is repression. Help, help, I'm being repressed. (laughs) This is the unconscious and seemingly involuntary removal from awareness of the negative self-concepts that your ego finds too damn painful to tolerate. So you might completely block out thoughts that you have of wanting to kill one of your parents. Um, That's just an example. Don't do that. (laughs) Repression is not the same as suppression, which is the conscious removal from the consciousness of intolerable negative self-concept. Unconsciousness was Freud's renaming of the spiritual concept of internal darkness, or some of you have heard me talk about your shadow. Same thing. Repression is a choice but a decision we choose to remain unaware of because it's done in our subconscious and it's part of the self-defense mechanism. So many of you who have experienced childhood traumas 
or um, a super defining event that was hugely embarrassing and and really messed with your head for the rest of your life some of you might block that out block out painful or horrifyingly shameful memories you might block out the details you know it happened but you just can't summon up the details and watch the the movie play out in your head because you've blocked it Uh, this is true of soldiers who have been in combat some of them will also go into repression and they'll they'll block certain things because nobody wants to relive that right so if you engage in repression jot it down number 11 is rituals and undoing rituals and undoing as self-defense mechanisms is the process of trying to undo a negative behavior or a negative self-concept rating of yourself by performing a ritual or behavior designed to offset the horrible thing you just did. So a good example of this is Ike and Tina Turner. Um, Ike was very physically abusive, mentally abusive to Tina Turner. And he would beat the crap out of her and tell her she was nothing and he was the reason they were famous and all that which we all know is not true. He was threatened by her. But he would beat the crap out of her, and then he would he would feel some guilt and think, oh, man, I have to uh, fix this. He would buy her a fur coat and roses and stuff like that and come back and be like, I'm sorry, baby, you got to forgive me. Look, I bought you this fur coat. <laughs> and then he would go out of his way to treat her really nice for a while in front of other people so that nobody would think of him as being a monster that he was. Um... Maybe you hurt somebody's feelings because you were in a bad mood and you snapped at them and you feel bad, so you buy them dinner um, or a pair of shoes. So ritual and undoing. Um, The example given on this worksheet that I'm looking at, my cheat sheet, um, a parent might buy his or her children many gifts to make up for not spending time with them. That's another big one that a lot of people struggle with and they feel tremendous guilt about that. Um, A person may wash his or her hands several times a day to try to not think of themselves as being dirty like their mother used to call them. So ritual and undoing. Do you ever engage in that? And number 12, our final self-defense mechanism that we're discussing today is called sublimation. Sublimation is the process of diverting your feelings about a negative self-concept that you have of yourself or others into a more socially acceptable activity. So if you generally hate people, then you might be an aggressive environmental activist. Um, This is like turning your anger into something productive. An aggressive political activist, or you might join a fighting army. This way you can get some approval for the feelings that you absolutely do not approve of. Another example would be somebody who thinks like a criminal might become a police officer as a way to think well of themselves and attitudes of being entitled to take advantage of and abuse others. So that would be the bad cops, right? 
Um, but they're, they're also turning their anger into something good because when you think of a police officer, if you've never had a bad experience with one, um, when you think of a police officer, you think of somebody who takes a vow to serve and protect us and keep us safe and help us when we need it. And uh, so the view of a police officer is somebody with authority who's a good person, who's sworn to serve the public and take care of us, right? So if you're somebody who hates people and you become a police officer, then anybody who respects police officers will look at that person as a good person. (coughs) So do you engage in sublimation? Jot it down if you do. And let me know in the comments if, if you want me to focus on any particular, um, self-defense mechanism in a future podcast and I can break them down more thoroughly Um, so I hope that was helpful today this is uh, definitely right in line with reframing negative thoughts thought stopping non-judgment this is more of a psychodynamic um, orientation today defense mechanisms there are more than 12 but I just kept it down to 12 today. So I look forward to your comments. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for tuning in to Your Therapy Tools. I appreciate you. I wish you love, light, healing, and safety. And until next time, thank you.